For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am very excited to discuss a win as the Denver Nuggets. They take down the Miami Heat in Game 3, final score, 109-94, working with a, a little bit of a different camera angle today, uh, obviously being away from home. Uh, you're never going to get the ideal. You're never going to get the ideal situation, and that's fine, but not an issue at all. We're just here. We're vibing. We're having a good time, uh, and how could you not? How could you not after a game like that one? I mean, like Denver's duo, they are just a crazy it's – it's just a crazy time to be a Nuggets fan, and for Denver at this stage to be able to handle what they've done – uh, it is really, really cool. It's just, just been amazing to be a part of this, amazing to see this and, and to cover it for everybody. So uh, I'm here in Miami. Obviously, I'm, I'm in a hotel room. I'm at a, um, a a hotel that's basically right next to the arena, Kaseya Arena, which I had gone through a couple of name changes. I, I always remember it as the American Airlines Arena, but uh, it was FTX Center for a while, and now it's Kaseya. So Interesting to be a part of that. The the overall vibes for this thing were uh, pretty pretty great. I I thought the crowd in Miami was awesome. I thought they did a lot of great things. And uh, sometimes you're just going to you're just gonna have to fight through that. And Denver had to fight through a lot on the road in this one in order to get to where they needed to get to. But Still great to see what they ultimately did. Uh, I am going to talk about Jokic. I'm going to talk about Murray. Uh, we'll talk about those guys. We'll talk about Christian Brown, of course. Um, as I've realized now, I've completely forgotten to plug in the uh, the role player banners on, on this end. But uh, uh, we are just going to, we're just going to have to, uh, we're, we're going to get through it. It's going to be great. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, that's where we're going to start with. I mean, how could you not start with those guys? They are the some of the best in NBA history in terms of an actual duo. That's what's been, been going down. Um, let's now talk about let's now talk about Jokic though. Jokic is the guy that I think you've got to really start with on this and we'll we'll get to Murray here in, in just a bit, but there's so much pressure on Jokic to do everything that he needs to do on, on this end. And there's there's been a lot of pressure both like publicly and privately on, on what he has to accomplish on a consistent basis. And for him to always rise to the occasion, like bar none, just not have any of the pressure, not feel any of the absolute craziness that's going on with this. Like you, you heard him in the first game 
or after the first game. I don't know why they're making such a big deal out of this. I don't know why they're they're doing everything that they're doing. Uh, it was still really cool to see him survive that. It was still really cool to see him thrive, even in a loss in game two, just continue to find ways to be impactful. And then you see him put up the first 30-20-10 in NBA history last night. And just being in the building and watching some of the highlights afterwards, every single time he made one of those backbreaking shots, you could see the crowd reacting. You could see the Miami Heat bench reacting. They were just floored with what he was doing. And they, it didn't matter what they did at all. They, they could not handle what he was doing on that end. And I love to see that. You love to see... Because when when you're an opposing team and you run into the situation where I think the Miami Heat felt like they could solve all of the other problems, whether it was Giannis, whether it was Tatum, whether it was the New York Knicks and then dealing with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, every single time that they had run up against a team in the Eastern Conference on their playoff run here, they found solutions, they found answers with Giannis, it was building the freaking wall. It's it's trying to force him to be a shooter and to dare him to take those jump hooks and jump shots and free throws. With Joker, you can't dare him to be a, a jump shooter because he's just going to kill you. And every time they send extra help, he finds the open pass. Every time they send single coverage, he's going to hit these contested shots. And I thought he left some points on the table last night, if I'm being honest. I thought that there were definitely some opportunities where he could have done more. And that's the insane thing about Jokic, is that I feel pretty comfortable saying that, and he had the first 30-20-10 in NBA history. Like, that's nuts. For him to be able to do this, and for him to be as consistent as he has been, it's not a surprise to Nuggets fans. It's not a surprise to people that have covered him and have followed the team and understand what he's all about. But what it is a surprise is, is to everybody else, where they're getting their first real glimpse of Jokic on the biggest stage. And I, I think the DNVR guys have covered this well, obviously going to Serbia. But you go to that Serbia versus Greece World Cup qualifier, where it was probably the biggest game of Jokic's career to that date, uh, just in what actually means something to him. And he showed up in that game, was very calm, understood what had to be done, and made some crazy shots on the way while defending Giannis Antetokounmpo. Tonight, you, you see something kind of similar where he needed to do everything. He needed to dominate as a scorer, as a rebounder, as a passer, and found ways to contribute in every single possible way. I love to see it. I mean, I think it was 32, 21, and 10 was what he ultimately ended up with. And for him to do that on a consistent basis uh, in every single game of these finals, I mean, I think he's, he's over 100 points now in the finals. Uh, I mean, this is, it's nuts. 32, 21, and 10, two blocks, plus 15 in 44 minutes. Uh, Denver was neutral in the minutes that he sat, which is a really, really big deal, even though he, he still played 44. Uh, that's absolutely massive. And... Uh, he's going to get a lot of rebounding credit. He's going to get a lot of scoring and passing credit. The defense that he played against Bam, who shot 7 of 21, and even like switching on to Butler and, and, and disrupting him, who was 11 of 24, but still found ways. Like, I mean, Butler still did some good things, but 
Between Butler and Bam, they shot 18 of 45, which is just a far cry from what they were doing as a, as a tandem in the previous games. And then Denver's perimeter defense really tightened up on the, on the role players, but you have to have Jokic to make that work where he can defend in the middle. And I thought after game two that he didn't bring enough on the defensive end among other things like Denver obviously had more perimeter breakdowns. That was not as much on him, but there are things that he can tighten up on the interior and he played one of the best defensive games of his career. Just, I mean, how, how can you say anything about the dude? It's just unbelievable uh, what to, what he's actually doing. Um, let me just type something out real quick. Um, I think... I think that we're going to like think about this game for a long time with Yoke. I think that he's going to... <laughs> uh, Evan says, I think Jokic has a shot at winning an MVP award if he keeps this up. I, th- I think you think you might be right, Evan. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he gets a pity MVP from from the entire NBA, for like, or at least a say-you're-sorry MVP <laughs> from, from everybody else based off of what he, what he was actually doing here. Uh, but no, like, this is a game that people are going to remember for a long, long time. This is first 30-20-10 game in NBA history, and it's Jokic's third in the playoffs. Everybody else in NBA history has just two combined. Like... That's unbelievable. It's it's incredible to be able to see that. And Jokic is just his own dude. He puts up the production. He puts up the numbers. But more than anything, he puts up the impact. Like, you can't say that those numbers are empty because what they're doing is giving Denver a chance in every single NBA Finals game. And that's exactly what you need. Next, let's go to Jamal. A 30-point triple-double for Jamal Murray who grabbed that final rebound in the final seconds. And I, I was I was sweating that out. I really wanted to see him get it because, like, how many times are you going to see teammates pick up dueling triple-doubles in NBA history? Like, it's just not a very, like, it's, it's not a thing that happens. Like, I remember when Lonzo and LeBron James did it back in, like, 2018, 19, somewhere around there. And it was a big deal. Now, it was partially a big deal because it was the Lakers, but, like, You have guys that impact the game in that manner, in just kind of an all-around way, and have two of them really do it in that way. It's just really, really cool. These are the first 30-point triple-doubles in tandem in NBA history, like regular season or playoffs. The fact that they happened in the finals is borderline insane. And for Murray, like, how many times has he ever had a triple-double before? I think this is a second of his career, the first being earlier this season in a game without Jokic. So those two being able to, like, share roles and, and be as symbiotic, that's that's a word that I've been going to uh, pretty frequently of late. I don't know. I think it's a word. Uh, but symbiotic in, in terms of how they can really adapt to each other, fill in the gaps, and do everything that they need to do together has just been really, really cool. To see them prop up each other and pick each other up in ways is just awesome. It's exactly the vision that I had uh, when I first thought that Denver did right by Murray in giving him that max contract back in 2019. I thought that that was the right thing to do. And there are a lot of folks that were a little bit concerned about that deal. There are a lot of folks that uh, 
turned their nose up at that like he hadn't earned it or wouldn't earn it. And I think that you can put that to bed, honestly. <laughs> like, if Denver does end up winning a title here, like, all bets are off. You're giving Murray as much money as you need to to keep him around. And you're trying to keep Jokic and Murray together forever uh, as as long as they are teammates. So we're going to see. We're going to see what they ultimately do. But, I mean, this is just an awesome game from Murray. Some of the shots that he hit, especially in that second quarter, he had back-to-back threes. Some of the shots that he hit were so big, so massive, so huge that every single time that Miami was really getting into a run, Murray was the guy who answered. Usually it's Jokic. Usually Jokic is the guy. But to have two players that are capable of doing that is just such a big deal. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that on a consistent basis, then you know that you're going to be operating from a place of weakness. Denver has dudes that they know that they can trust. And for Murray and Jokic to be able to step up in that manner, it's just super, super cool. Uh, playing with fire. like did, There were a couple bad turnovers for sure, as uh, as Russell notes here. But I thought that both of their defense, I, I commented on Jokic's defense. I thought Murray's defense was so improved as well. And you get a guy that's busting his ass like in the NBA Finals. It, it doesn't matter how many points, rebounds, or assists you put up. Uh, the defensive end is its own separate entity. And Denver, in previous games, did not get the same level of energy effort from Jokic and Murray. Specifically Murray. Uh, I thought that Murray absolutely brought it on defense in this one. And that's exactly what you need from Denver in, in, this, in order to really make a difference. Uh, really, really cool to see. I'm glad that they were able to. Uh, I'm glad that they were able to do this together. Uh, it's pretty clear that this is the greatest duo in Nuggets history. Like they are who they are. I know that we've talked about Alex English and Fat Lever before. I know that when you have David Thompson and Dan Issel, those guys are both Hall of Famers. Like they they played together and were fantastic together. What Jokic and Murray are doing is otherworldly, and their ability to step up and play together and boost each other in the highest pressure moments. It's what champions are made of. It's what dreams are made of. If, if we're talking about it, like this is what Nuggets fans were hoping for when they saw this duo together. And I think that there were signs that they could do it, albeit on a much lesser scale, a smaller scale, of course. But you knew you saw it back in game 82. I know people kind of forget this. They talk about it as the Jokic game where he really showed up and, and stepped up for sure. I think Murray had like 24, 8 and 8 or something like that in that game, which kind of gets forgotten. But those were the only two guys to really step up in that moment. And then you have the bubble or you have the you have the 2019 playoffs. You have the bubble. Uh, you have the 2021 regular season right before he goes down when you start to see the real vision behind that. Like Denver's got the vision of being an unstoppable offense and Murray was just coming into his own before he tears the ACL. You get two off years in the playoffs because of that, uh, because so much of your identity and people don't, they didn't really appreciate this in the moment. I did because I knew it. You have your identity ripped away from you in uh, without Murray because half of that identity, I know people like they're going to, give Jokic a larger part of that identity, but it really is half and half in terms of how they see it with each other. 
one of them's a scorer, one of them's a passer, like one of them's a rebounder, one of them's a screener, and then they all kind of mix up their roles depending on what you need at a given time. But they step up for each other, and you've seen it in these finals, you've seen it in these playoffs where they pick up the gaps for each other. When one guy isn't playing well, the other guy's like, I got this. When one guy is playing great, the other guy's like, cool, I'm going to keep feeding you. That's awesome. And they do it together and have propped each other up in such a way that Denver is on the verge of doing something that this Nuggets franchise has ever done before. And it's why they're the best duo in the NBA today. LeBron James and Anthony Davis might be more talented like as a, as a pair than Murray. Like, they might be. I think Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they get a lot of credit for being individual talents. But as a duo, ain't no way. Like, we're seeing what Miami did to that duo and what Denver's doing with them now. And we've seen a lot of great duos come through in terms of how people interact with with each other. But we've never seen two players prop each other up as much as Jokic and Murray do. And that, to me, is what separates them for sure. They are unbelievable and it is really really cool to see um Dehan, how could you possibly say that he's not worth a max contract like what are we doing is this a is this a mpj thing okay yeah this is an mpj thing we'll talk about mpj i promise like it's he's he's gonna get his time but i think that Murray, Murray, Jokic, they've, they've proven their salt over and over again. There's no doubt in my mind that this is one of the best duos we've ever seen. And I made the early Kobe-Shaq comparison. Uh, I don't want to like, I mean, it's, I don't want to take too much credit for that because I was even like, hey, this is a reach. This is definitely a reach here. But to me, it just seems pretty clear that the way those two interact with each other the way that they prop each other up, that's the duo that I went to because Murray's got so much of that Mamba mentality. And Jokic was always that dominant interior force that nobody, like, we haven't seen that since Shaq. We just haven't. And for them to be able to step up like that together and and make it about the team as well, it's, it's not about their individual greatness. It has been stupid cool. Like, just just unbelievably fun. So, Credit to them for sure, and uh, the job's not done, of course, but like, I-, I feel the momentum shifting. I feel Denver really starting to take control, and it would not surprise me if they use this momentum going forward as well. So, we will see, but tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the role players and just everything that, that kind of went into that. I'll talk about the other guys, but mostly I'm going to talk about Christian Brown and Aaron Gordon. Uh, We will see how they handle that. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. They are the most trusted name in sports betting right now, and you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter promo code MILEHIGH and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. 
pickaxe and roll Ryan Black Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I really do need to get some water. That, that's probably what I should have done first. But uh, if you can, drop a like on the YouTube video if you're watching there right now. Really appreciate all the love. Uh, make sure to share this out if possible. That definitely gives me... Uh, a, a little bit of an edge here. We're trying to get up to 2K subscribers. We are so close. I see it at 1.98K. Uh, so we just need less than 20. That would be super, super cool if we could pop over that before the NBA Finals end. Uh, but all right, let's get into the role players now. Uh, and then like that's how that's how it should be described. There there are no other stars on this team, and and that's okay. Like you don't need to be a star in order to make a massive impact on a game. And and we saw a couple of guys step up in that regard, and, and they absolutely deserve the credit that they're about to get. And I, I don't think that like guys like Michael Porter Jr. deserve too much hate for, for a game like this because he has stepped up at various points throughout these playoffs. And I know he's going through it right now. I know he's trying. It's pretty clear that the effort was there. Uh, we'll talk about Michael Porter Jr. here, here real quick, though. One of seven from the field, 0 of two from three, uh, clearly not his best performance on either end of the floor, but he did manage to get seven rebounds and was a plus 11 in his 21 minutes. I'm seeing 21 here. I thought it was a little bit more, uh, but the most important thing is the plus 11. Like I know that a, one of, a lot of people want to talk about the other stuff. I know that like the three of 19 from three in the playoffs is a big deal. Uh, but he's a good enough shooter in all aspects that he just needs to see one drop. And once he sees one, like there's no doubt in my mind that he could get several more going. Like he is liable, maybe more so than anybody on the roster, to see one go in and then go five of ten from three in a game. And it might come next game. Like I, I feel pretty strongly about that, that he could be that dude. And, and he could make the difference in the next game in, in a way that Christian Brown was the guy who made a difference in this one. Uh, but the fact is, is that uh, Michael Porter wasn't great. He was not very good in this game and didn't really provide all of the help necessary. I, I do want to continue to stress that the plus 11 is the most important number there. It is not about the rest of the contributions. I thought that his defense was better, especially, than game two. I thought he was more engaged on the rebounding aspect of things. Uh, Denver only allowed a, t like they allowed 10 offensive rebounds, but it didn't feel like they allowed a ton until the fourth quarter when Bam was just like going a little crazy, trying to grab some second and third rebounding opportunities. But uh, I'm not super concerned about it. Thought that Porter was perfectly fine. It's also hard to grab a bunch of rebounds when Jokic has 21, Murray and Gordon each have 10, uh, Porter had seven in 21 minutes. That's a pretty good rate. Like I'm, I'm not gonna, not gonna sit here and complain about that at all. Uh, but most importantly, going forward, I, I thought that his defense and his ability to rotate was better. It's not about the shooting. Like I said, that'll come, that'll go, but it's about the rotations. It's about making the right play and Outside of a couple glaring examples in Game 3, I thought that he was much better as a rotation defender in Game 4. There's a reason why Miami shot the way that they did. It's not entirely due to MPJ. He's still probably the weakest defender 
well, you see, I, he had the game one, and game one he was unbelievable. <laughs> they they challenged him, Miami did, in game one, and he was great defensively. Tonight, I thought he was average. Tuesday, or not, not Tuesday, uh, Sunday, I thought he was poor in game two. But I, there's been a lot of panic about the shooting. Shooters go through slumps, and he's clearly going through a slump right now. It's the proper, it's properly horrible time for it, but I'm not going to sit here and belabor the point because it's just not worth it. It's not worth it to everybody to talk about it extensively. <laughs> like Nobody needs to, like, the contract is what it is, folks. Like, Porter more than earned the contract earlier in these playoffs. Like, I'm not here to argue about the contract like that is what it is and we don't need to we do not need to do this like yeah he's probably a little bit overpaid who cares like he's got the contract now you got to work with it and maybe Denver will deal with that at a different point but it is going to be okay and I, I do think that Porter has more to give still like it's it's just going to be it's going to be fine Dehan, uh, the two hundred seven million number was only if he qualified for All NBA, and he did not. Like he's he's not an All NBA player. It's five years, one hundred eighty million. That is right. It's going to be fine. Like we talked about, Porter was clearly by the end of the season, at the end of the regular season, the third best player. It's also possible, and hear me out for a second, that he's wearing down a little bit at the end of a long, long season in his first year back from a third back surgery, like. We do not have to do this. He's going to get better going forward. And it just just takes time. It just takes like a little bit of patience. And I know that everybody's pent up right now because it's the finals, but I just don't want to make this about Porter. I think he's going to be okay. So everybody, like, slow your roll. Michael Porter could win game four for Denver, just as Christian Brown, in what he did, won game three for Denver. Like, there's there's a lot to be... There's a lot to be crediting Christian Brown. He is the guy that I really want to focus in on. Like KCP was okay, uh, not great. Uh, he was he was pretty good defensively tonight. Bruce Brown was fine, uh, not great. He made a great defensive impact. Like Bruce Brown had three blocks. That was a great sign, and and you just love to see that from Bruce. Um. But the guy that you got to credit is Christian Brown. 15 points, 7 of 8 from the field, and almost all of those, if not all of them, were cuts. Uh, just getting to the rim and doing what he had to do as a as a defender and as a rebounder and as a runner. Uh, this is what Christian Brown was drafted to be. Not necessarily like an impact player in the NBA Finals. I think that even goes above and beyond. I think the, the stat that I saw going around Twitter last night was that Sam Cassell back in 1994 was the first, like was the last rookie to have 15 points in an NBA finals. Christian Brown has done something that nobody in the past 30 years has done. And that is make an impact as a rookie, as a scorer. It's just so rare and and people don't fully appreciate that. Uh, but it's just one of those things where you knew that Christian Brown was wired for that and had gone through some struggles. I always thought that the, the Lakers series was a bad matchup for him. Like it became very clear in game one that like, okay, I'm not I'm not really sure that he's going to be able to fit here because Denver just needs to outscore the Lakers since they they don't really have a guy that Christian can match up with defensively. Now, with Jimmy Butler 
and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry and guys like that. Got a whole bunch of guards and wings and players that are more perimeter oriented that you need a guy who is absolutely dialed in and locked in in order to guard. And so you need Christian Brown to be able to play because Denver doesn't have a ton. Like they have more options now with signing Bruce Brown and and draft and uh, trading for KCP. But it was never perfect. It was never going to be like those guys were going to be your answers all the way through the NBA finals because they have weaknesses too, uh, just like Michael Porter. But having another option in there with Christian Brown, somebody who is this athletic leaper of a cutter, and the play that really stands out is the one where Jokic is in the hick. He rotates over to the short corner uh, to combat the zone defense that Miami was playing. And I think they were in their 1-3-1, if I'm not mistaken. So that was a soft spot in the zone. It's either the short corner or the corner where you have to be able to get to. And the guy who's in the middle of that is a guard most of the time. It's either Gabe Vincent or Kyle Lowry, somebody like that. Uh, And then Jokic rotates behind them to the short corner to drag over the defender underneath the rim, which is usually Bam Adebayo or somebody similar. Because of that, because of what he did, there were two guys on the weak side, one on the wing, Christian Brown, one on the baseline in Jeff Green. And they both cut at the same time. They both cut. Like you've got guys up here and they're cutting across right to the rim And you've got one defender on that weak side that's trying to defend two guys. And you need somebody athletic who's going to be able to catch that ball and fight through traffic and lay it in. Christian Brown did that, and he did it like a vet. Just absolutely massive play. And the steal and and dunk that he had, uh, that was a big one too. He's making plays left and right. And it just felt like a breakout performance where... He didn't make any shots like outside. Actually, the one three that he attempted was in the left corner immediately after a big Christian Brown play. And he hit the damn side of the backboard like Paul George. It was hilarious. Uh, I was laughing with Matt Moore so hard at that one. But uh, no, it's just it was amazing to see what he did. And it's amazing to see him step up in that moment. And You don't always have to have everybody step up in the NBA Finals. It doesn't need to be across the board where people step up as scorers. Like, How many times has Christian Brown actually stepped up as a scorer in the playoffs? This may be the first time that he's had 15, if I'm being honest. like I'm not going to go back and look, but this might be the first. Like, This might be a playoff career high for Christian Brown. So how cool is that? Like, Just exactly built for the moment. Just a guy who is so, so ready. And has the mentality, never gets too high or too low, but is always like willing to ride the emotional, like positivity trend and like stepped up in a big, big way and deserves so much credit for being able to do so. Like he draws, and I think uh, this is a good point by uh, Teledan. Jokic is so talented, he brings a teammate along for the triple double. Oh, you're talking about Murray. I thought you were talking about CB. Not my fault, but no, it is, it is also a good point. Like, I mean, I think Murray has proven that he's also individually talented enough to really like contribute there, but um, for them to be able to do it together was really cool. Um, this one from Ben Mack. Uh, you can tell that Jokic really trusts Christian. What more do we need to know? Uh, I know that people are upset that Bruce Brown's probably going to go. They'll be okay. Like 
Bruce Brown is fantastic. He deserves so much credit for what he's provided to Denver for this finals run. Christian Brown is proving in the freaking NBA finals that he is ready for this moment and that he is a guy that you can really trust, uh, despite the fact that he is a rookie. Um, everybody in that locker room to a man is just saying like they treat him like a five-year vet. They treat him like a veteran. He has not been a rookie in their eyes and has not carried himself like a rookie in their eyes. And you just don't, you're running out of examples that you need in order to trust Christian Brown and just deserves a ton of credit for being able to step up like that. Aaron Gordon, uh, when Jimmy Butler goes 11 of 24, it could be this massively impactful performance. And it wasn't like, it just wasn't. Jimmy had 28 points, and he had four assists, and he had two turnovers, and was a minus 11 in his 40 minutes. It did not feel like Jimmy Butler impacted the game as crazily as he had in Game 2. Because he still had basically the same number of points in Game 2. Like, he shot like 7 of 19, but hit a couple threes, got to the free throw line more frequently, was just very, very helpful. Uh, But it was the nine assists to one turnover that were really the difference for Jimmy. And Aaron Gordon stepped up and shut that down. Like, just absolutely shut it down. It was very, very helpful throughout that entire process and stepped up in a massive, big, in a big, big way. He talked post-game about how he thought that Denver had been overhelping against Jimmy Butler in previous games, whether it was game one or game two. He thought that they were overhelping on Jimmy and they needed to be able to respect their own one-on-one defense against Jimmy. And it wasn't just AG who played one-on-one defense. I thought Murray did a pretty good job. I thought Christian Brown had some good moments. I thought that even Michael Porter, like something that you can credit Michael Porter for, a couple times he switched on to Jimmy and it was fine. Just not like, it just wasn't the tire fire that I think a lot of people are talking about. Uh, But this could have been KCP. It could have been Bruce Brown. Like Denver has these bodies and even Jeff Green. I want to throw Jeff Green in there as well. They have these guys that you can plug in and be like, cool, we are good. This is not an issue at all. We will help a little bit, but we're not going to help a ton. Like It just is all about being connected and competing and fighting. And Aaron Gordon does that to a T. 11 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, uh, 5 of 10 from the field in his minutes. The only thing that you can criticize AG for really is the 1 of 4 from 3. Uh, he was one of five from the field initially, uh, but he finished the game four of five and, and was finishing so much better in the second half than he did in the first half. He provided them, especially in that third quarter, with a little bit of offense, just a little bit, in order to step up and uh, just just give Denver's duo some help. It was Christian Brown, especially in that fourth quarter. But it was A.G. in the third, if I'm being honest. Like, A.G. really, really stepped up in that moment. And it was very, very cool to see. Uh, Those guys doing what they have to do in order to get the job done. And and A.G., I think, is a very, very important piece of that. Um, Nemanja, I'm going to address this, I think. I'll I'll talk about it in the third segment a little bit. But uh, they can win. Like, there's no doubt. Uh. Gotcha. Oh, and Dayon, my my apologies, my friend. 
Um, but yeah, I'll, Nemanja, I'll talk, I'll talk about that in, uh, the third segment. Finally here, uh, let's go to Bruce Brown. I'm going back to the role player. Sorry, I didn't plug up the banners. Uh, uh, Michael, my uh, amazing producer was able to fill in those AJ and Christian Brown banners for me. Uh, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, uh, Bruce Brown, only one of five from the field, one of three from three, but uh, a big three to be clear for Bruce Brown. I'm pretty sure it was in the second quarter. And just he continues to step up and do what he needs to do. Three blocks and so much of what Bruce is doing on uh, the defensive end of the floor is just being a pest. It's just being in the airspace for these shooters, doing what he can to contest shots and uh, just trying to make their life hell. Uh, and he's doing it. He's doing a great job. Didn't have the overall, like, all-around impact that he usually does. Uh, five points, two rebounds, three blocks. Uh, but I do think that a lot of that was, hey, this day was going to be Jokic and Murray-centric. And he fit in around that really well. Was still a plus eight. And it's it's hard to really complain too much. Like, just credit to Bruce Brown for sure. KCP, six points, three rebounds. Really struggled with his shot, like still definitely struggling there. But he hit a nice pull up going to his left in the mid range in that third corner that caught our third quarter that caused a timeout for Miami that I think brought the lead up to 16. If I'm if I'm remembering and you look up and you realize, okay, at that point, KCP hadn't done a whole bunch. AG hadn't done a whole bunch. Michael Porter hadn't done a whole bunch and the Nuggets were still up 16. Like. That's that's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing that Denver can fall back on going forward. This was clearly the Jokic-Murray-Carry game, uh, and then Christian Brown really stepping up in the fourth especially. But, like, Denver could get more. They could absolutely get more from their role players, and we'll talk about that in, in the third segment a little bit too. Uh, but finally, Jeff Green. Got to give a shout-out to Jeff Green hosting the house party uh, on Monday. Uh, team dinner to really start bonding. They were really... Uh, I think down after that game too. And for him to kind of sense that and, and to step up and uh, share his house, his house, share his home with the team. That's a big deal. Like it's, I know that people are like, Oh yeah, it's kind of expected. It's not like it, it's, it's not always expected. And for him to have a great relationship with the team as a great vet and a great leader, the team really respects him. And the team really is drawn to what he does uh, for them on and off the court. Had a couple nice plays as well. Had a couple buckets. Uh, Jeff Green, the one that I'm remembering is a transition play where he just kind of drives, like you saw a little seam, drove right down the lane on the right side of the floor and was able to finish in between, like over contact and didn't get the call or anything like that, but still just a a massive play to be able to convert. Uh, So good stuff from him. Uh, Hopefully continues to step up as a scorer and uh, didn't grab any rebounds or anything, but uh, I I wasn't like upset with Jeff Green for that. Like when, again, like I talked about with Porter, it's really hard to make an impact on the glass when Jokic is twenty one, Murray and Gordon each have ten, and Porter has seven. So like Denver, there just weren't a lot of rebounds to come by for the bench. So not an issue there. Uh, but tell you what, great stuff from the team. They deserve a ton of credit for being able to do that. Uh, Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to talk about uh, kind of some just some things. Denver's two wins away. They're they're two wins away from history. We could talk about that for sure and what it means for the rest of their stuff. 
Uh, but right now, let us discuss. Uh, actually, we're gonna we're gonna go to Scott the Huff because he's got some things to say. back pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in i uh, really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast make sure to give this a like if you can uh, and if you're on the audio side of things make sure to rate review and subscribe to apple Podcasts, spotify google right you get your podcasts that would be fantastic all right we are in a new phase we are in a new era uh, a new time period for denver where up to one in the nba finals like that's a that's a really big deal. And the job's not done. Like I, I think that so much of what happens now is about Denver's overall level of endurance and their level of persistence and their willingness to complete the job. I think if you remember back to last year's finals, and, and we've seen it with a lot of teams, but last year's finals, I'm pretty sure that Boston was up 2-1 against Golden State. Boston won game one. I know that. I'm pretty sure Golden State won game two and then Boston won game three. And then Golden State won the next three. Like they they figured them out in game four and then used that momentum to also win games five and six. That was a big deal in last year's finals. And it goes to show that even like I think a lot of people thought that Boston was the more talented team last year. It doesn't matter if you're not mentally tough enough. It doesn't matter if you're not persistent enough and you're not willing to continue to fight because every single game from here on out is going to get more tough. It's going to get more difficult. And I know that that's going to be an issue. That's going to be a storyline going forward. Like, I know the game four tomorrow, Miami is going to just be going wild. Like, they, they're going to have a ton of energy to be able to throw out there and and Denver's going to have to respond again. And they might be able to like Denver's shown the ability to combat whatever other teams are doing on the road. But there's also a sentiment that you can think, okay, Denver got the one that they needed in game three. Do they need to win game four since they have games five and seven at home? I don't think that they should be waiting that long. It would be great if they could get game four and then just put themselves into the best possible position that they can be. But, I mean, Denver has been tied 2-2, heading into a game five. They know they can win in that situation. Maybe that's how they ultimately end up feeling. I don't think that's what they're going to do, but you never know. Like You, you just never know in these situations. Uh, but I am super curious to see how they handle all of the pressure going forward. But let's ask a couple questions here before we get into this final soliloquy. Uh, What did the Nuggets do that Miami could not handle? If you look at the fourth quarter box score, or you look at the fourth quarter uh, shot chart, especially, I'm going to go to it right here. Just make sure I'm not crazy. If you had to guess, how many shots from three do you think Denver took in the fourth quarter? The answer was zero. (laughs) They took zero shots from three. They didn't have to. They did not have to. Miami went to zone and they were still too small. And Denver worked very hard in order to get to the spots on the floor that they needed to get to. And 
every shot that they took outside of maybe two, and those were two makes that I think Murray had one of them and Jokic had one of them. Let's just got it here. Oh, no, Murray, uh, Murray made both of them. Uh, Jokic was not going to settle for outside jumpers. He was going to punish the rim. And Denver as a team uh, absolutely made sure that they did everything that they had to do. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it's crazy sometimes to watch what this team does and to see how they break apart certain teams. But I think that that's a, that was a really clear sign that they did not need the three-point shooting. They did not need Michael Porter or even KCP on the floor for much of that time to space the floor against the Miami zone. They just found ways to get to their spots anyway in that zone without having to space the floor consistently. That's probably going to be something that Denver's going to have to do better in game four. Like, they're going to have to get some threes up. Five of 18 from three did not matter. Like, Denver still had an innumerable number of points in the paint and 60 in this game compared to 34 for Miami. That's crazy. Also, 34 points in the paint for Miami, that means that they underwhelmed from an interior, like Denver overwhelmed them from an interior defense standpoint as well. Like I mentioned, I thought that Jokic had one of his best defensive games, and so much of that is protecting the rim. So much of that is not letting Miami get those easy shots around the rim. Jokic, like nobody's ever going to confuse him with an elite rim protector. I don't want to be that guy either. Like I I know that he has weaknesses. I'm not going to sit here and just say he is the perfect human, like, to ever touch a basketball. Uh, he's pretty close. I'm not going to lie, but he's, he's, he's really close there. But one of the things that he's had to improve throughout his career is finding great time to contest on the shots at the rim and being able to do that in a situation where you can actually see him make an impact there. Uh, and he did. He absolutely did. I, I don't know what the actual numbers were. There, there were some numbers that were going around. I think it was 3 of 19 when Jokic was the primary defender in pick and roll. <laughs> like, that's a crazy thing to actually say, let alone even for it to be true. Like, if he was able, like, if that's part of it and he's able to really defend at that level, uh, I just want to, like, I don't know if that's the actual stat. I don't want to just, just spout it here. But it seems pretty close. It seems really, really close. Um, That's just something that they couldn't handle. Denver was dominating on the interior. They had the absolute advantage here. Uh, And it didn't matter that Denver didn't really shoot from three. Like, they, they didn't need to. So, what did Miami do that Denver will have to deal with in game four? I think that Miami's going to shoot better. And somebody mentioned it in the chat. Tyler Hero may come back and play game four. Like, when you're down 2-1, it's a little bit different from being up 2-1 or being tied 1-1. Like, you don't want to upset the chemistry. But it's pretty clear that Miami, like, they're they're going to need more offense. They're going to need more scoring. They're going to need more guys outside of just Jimmy who can run, pick, and roll. And Gabe Vincent's had his, had his moments. Kyle Lowry has had his moments. But they need another creator. They need somebody who can take some pressure off of Jimmy Butler. And that would help their team. And I think that you're probably going to see that, if I'm being honest. I think that they might try to go to Tyler Hero if they can. And and I think that he's been close, uh, clearly dealing with pain, clearly dealing with swelling 
in that hand, but this is within the time frame of, of him coming back. Like it's very possible that he does. And it, it would not surprise me if he actually did. So that's something to watch out for, for sure. Uh, I do think that Denver's going to have to figure that out. But what did Miami actually do that Denver will have to deal with in game four? There there wasn't a ton. There wasn't like I think they're gonna have to get MPJ going a little bit. I think that there are some things that Miami's doing on that end of the floor. Like one one thing that I noticed, Denver grabbed a couple offensive rebounds and dribbled it. Like for whatever reason, Denver grabbed 13 offensive rebounds as a team, which isn't actually that much given that they grabbed 58 rebounds as a team. They grabbed 45 defensive rebounds. That's nuts. Uh, but Denver grabbed 58 rebounds. They grabbed 13 offensive rebounds. And a couple of the times they turned the ball over on those offensive rebounds because they put the ball down. Like Miami, any single time that Denver is getting the ball into the paint, they are collapsing. They are uh, a heat-seeking missile, pun intended, uh, on on the basketball, like when it gets into the middle of the floor. And there are very few guys that can handle that. I think AG can handle that. I think Jokic can handle that. But I saw Murray and, and Porter both put the ball down in a crowd, and that led to, like, it, it says that Porter had zero turnovers. I don't know how that is, but because I, I thought that he turned the ball over, but uh, look, Denver, they're, they're going to have these opportunities here to really uh, put this game away, if, if put this series away, and they're going to have to be perfect. Like I do think that Miami is going to shoot better. I think that Miami is going to play better. I think that they're going to be as competitive as they've ever been, and Denver's going to have to respond with athleticism, with coordination, with execution. They're going to have to do everything um, on that end that, like, you know that they can make shots. You know that Jokic will make shots, that Murray will make shots. I think that the role players for Denver will be better too, but it just would not surprise me if uh, Miami kind of pushes them in that way by just hounding them even more on the defensive end. Uh, but there's nothing really too specific that I'm thinking about with Miami and Denver that I, I just don't see them being as – like Denver's not phased – they're not rattled by anything Miami's doing. I think Denver got rattled after game two because they were like, crap, we finally lost a home game. What does that mean? But it didn't have as much to do with Miami as it did to do with Denver, in my opinion. And I think a lot of Miami fans and a lot of NBA fans kind of rose, raised their eyebrows when Denver was saying that stuff before game three, like on Tuesday and, and yesterday. It's like, oh, yeah, it, it wasn't as much to do with Miami. It's just more to do with us. And Denver's right. Like, Denver gave up tons of uncontested shots. And I thought that Miami did a poor job of generating those open looks in Game 3. I think they'll do a better job of that in Game 4. Uh, but we will see what they ultimately do. I think, I think they'll be better on that front, and Denver's going to have to make that work. What can Denver do game four specifically that'll, that'll actually make them better? I think that MPJ is going to have to get up some threes. Like, he's just going to have to shoot through it. Like, you don't have to shoot Denver out of it, but Denver's got to find ways to get him going. Like, if they don't, then I, I think that he's going to turn into a little bit of a shell. Uh, Denver, they're going to need to trust him because they've got so few players anyway. Like, they have eight guys that they really trust. Reggie Jackson, though, Reggie Jackson stepped up and then he played that one minute. Uh, good, for, good for Reggie, by the way. He he was the one who took the half-court heave, and I thought it was good. I honestly thought it was good right at the end of that first quarter, but 
Uh, it was funny that Murray played 23 first half minutes and the only minute that he didn't play, Reggie Jackson stepped up for him, uh, took a three that missed, but he also had an assist, also had a rebound, like good minutes for Reggie Jackson, good or good minute for Reggie Jackson. Uh, but hey, uh, Denver mostly, they've got their eight guys. That's the players that they trust. And it wouldn't surprise me if like you, you continue to see them cut down on their rotation. But Christian Brown, like he, he earned some time. If Michael Porter doesn't play that great, then maybe Christian Brown gets some of his minutes. If Bruce Brown continues to play well and, and KCP continues to play, eh, then maybe Denver goes with Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic. I, I personally wouldn't try to get to that a ton because there's not a ton of spacing there. There's not a ton of three-point shooting there outside of Murray and Jokic. But, and those guys can make that work, to be clear, but uh, Denver's going to need some guys to hit some threes. Five threes, it's probably not going to cut it in game four. Like, I, I got to imagine that Denver does a little bit worse protecting the rim and defending in game four, and Miami does a little bit better shooting the three this time around. And if that's the case, then you're going to need a little bit more time. You're going to need a little bit more. So we will see what they ultimately do. Uh, but, folks, just do more. It's all you need. So all you need is two more wins. Um, really appreciate all the love uh, while I'm out here. This has been awesome. And to be able to see that one and to be able to see history made was really, really cool. And, and I wouldn't be able to do it without all of you. So thank you so much for tuning in. Michael, can you hit that outro music for me? Um, everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in with me on this morning. It is nearly noon on uh, the East Coast here, but I know it's uh, for, for our international folks, it's already in the afternoon or in the evening. Like, not a question as to who has to deal with what. Like, I know you guys are rock stars trying to stay up at 2.30, 3.30, 4.30 in the morning to watch these NBA finals. Keep doing a great job and keep supporting us from afar. Thank you so much for being awesome. Hit that like button on the way out. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.